Radio. This is Catholics Read on Cradio.org.au. Hello and welcome to this episode of Catholics Read. I'm Luke. And I'm Kiara. And I'm Victoria. And in this episode, we are reading an essay by Roger Scruton entitled... Have you got it there, Victoria? Pleasure yes. versus happiness. So, yeah, uh, the basic... I don't, I don't think we really need to... No. <laughs> it's short enough that if we attempted to explain it, you'd probably have read it by now. So just go find it. It originally appeared in, in Spectator magazine. Around uh, 2003. 2013, I think. 13? Was it? Oh. 2013. There you go. I'm, uh, I need to get my glasses checked. <laughs> but is reprinted uh, at Roger Scruton's website. So if you just type in Roger Scruton, Pleasure versus Happiness, into Google. It should come up. should come up. Um, now so, that you've read it. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah now, now that you've read it, um, now, we'll, now we'll speak about it. <laughs> the basic gist is that he makes a division uh, to begin with between the notion of pleasure and the notion of happiness. And he considers this to be quite an obvious distinction. Um, pleasure can be bad. Happiness cannot be bad. Um, and this is, if you know your um, philosophy, and particularly your Aristotle, um, is because happiness is closely related to the good, to human flourishing. And so things that are good um, lead to happiness. Um, pleasure can be good, but it's not always good and it doesn't always lead to flourishing. That's always also a point that's actually made by positive psychology, which particularly looks at um, does research into different types of what what they would call different types of happiness. And you have three different levels. You have hedonistic happiness, which is, you know, the immediate like gratifications of, um, you know, fulfilling, you know, fulfilling pleasure, you know, pleasures and all that sort of stuff. And that's not a good way to live your life. That doesn't ultimately mm. make mm. you happy. You have I've forgotten what exactly what they call it, but then you have like the happiness that you get from getting lost in a good activity. So, you know, and you know, you forget about the time and you know, when mm. you get stuck into a reading a book or something like that. That's there's that. But again, it doesn't last. And then they have um fulfillment, mm. which, mm. you know, is made from having good, healthy, connected loving relationships with it's friends and family. funny even that word fulfillment there does yeah. kind of harken back to Aristotle. Yeah. Like that you're, you're, you're reaching your end as a person. Mm. Fulfillment. Yeah. And, um, so that's, and so that's played out very strongly in, um, in psychology and they've got a whole lot of interesting research on that. Mm. So if you wanted to look that up, there's, um, there's a different, yeah, there's just a different angle on it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, excellent. It's good to see philosophy and psychology working Work. together. doesn't mm. happen very often. The third area that I guess you could say that he looks at um, is in terms of modern art. And, uh, and so we've had pleasure, we've had the celebrity, and now we have um, fun, as he describes it, uh, in terms of modern art. He uses the word fun in an interesting way here, but he, he uses the example of Tate Modern. Um, and Duchamp's... Um, if you could call that an art museum. But anyway, carry on. <laughs> Duchamp's urinals. Um, and but what, what's it actually called? It, uh, it's, it's a toilet in the middle no, of the... No, but I'm just trying to think of the... What's it called? It's oh, called, on, like, the water fountain or something like that, isn't it? Oh, I'm pretty sure it's just called... It's not. It's got one of those, like... Tricky name. While Luke's Googling, I'll just make a quick note that Roger Scruton is one of the le- foremost leading people against 
modern art as we know it. He definitely advocates for beauty because he's an aesthetic. Uh, he's an aesthetic, he's an aesthetic um, yeah, philosopher. philosopher. Fountain is what it's called. Fountain. Fountain, Fountain. Oh. Um, which is a, a urinal. But yes. yes thank, thank you. That, mm. that probably, if people don't know who Roger Scruton is, is um, yeah. although he speaks a on a number philosopher. of issues, yeah, he's a British um, philosopher. Aesthetics is, yeah, yeah. Aesthetics is his primary. He came area. to Australia recently, actually. He did. Um, in the last few years. Two years back. Yeah. Went to Campion. Um, did a talk. Campion College. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so he looks at how a lot of, I guess, modern art and and art that we talk about these days that you would typically see in places like Tate Modern. Um, to a certain extent, the Museum of Contemporary Art in Sydney um, and other like places is this kind of sense of fun. Uh, and when when we talk about this fun, we don't mean as in like the kind of fun kids have when they're playing with balloons or something. We're talking about this kind of awful destructive fun that comes from... Um, just those yeah, let me, let awful me pieces. It. He says, yeah, sorry. here are the monuments to a world from which beauty has been banished and in which sensation rules in its stead, all telling the same story that there is no meaning in the world, but only fun, and fun is a bore. And so, I mean, I don't know if we're sort of conveying... I, I sort of know what he's talking about because I've seen, like, I've been to contemporary art museums. Um, and so I kind of understand there's this kind of... seething nihilism behind it that kind of sees that the the only point of life was basically what he says there the only point of life is this kind of fun but it's not as i say the childlike fun it's this kind of like the putting down or destroying or you could it just like i said go to one of those art museums or don't um i don't recommend it in terms yeah, of if it's, free, go, a, if it's free go for it if it's, I, if it's, I think if it's an, free um, and you have a, a temperament that can handle terrible things um both in the beauty and moral um, realm, then yes, it, it's good for the. I have a fun anecdote to tell you to uh, share with you all, but I'll do that. Le- I'll do that later. Okay. Yeah, I Where think we, we all have say? horror stories. We all, to share we all from do. We all do. We all do. This I gallery have... visits. <laughs> this is this is a. Let, let's just no no. Let's let, go let's, for it. Let's, we'll let's go, go for it because it, yeah. might, it might be able to convey what Roger Scruton yes. is trying to say. So my one of my really good friends recently did an immersion. Um, did an immersion trip to uh, Quito in Ecuador um, okay. with um, with some Jesuits, and on their way there from you know because if you go anywhere in South America, you usually fly via LA or Santiago. They came via LA, so they spent a couple of days on either side visiting Homeboy Industries, which is the Jesuits' oh, yes. yeah. um, viable an that business. We have with um, with Father, what's his name? Sorry, uh, uh, the, Father the- Braithwaite. No, 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 no. The American fa- oh, the founder. Oh, yeah, Homeboy yeah. I've forgotten his name, but Ministries, anyway, yeah. And so yes. one, and so they, and then they had another day seeing the sites of LA, and so they went to the Contemporary Art Museum in LA, which is quite well renowned for um, its, you know, for its art. And my best friend hates contemporary art. She basically, like, basically, Picasso is about the newest sort of art artist that she actually appreciates. She thinks the rest of it is all bunk. And um, there's a photo of her standing in front of this white wall, which has been painted as in like writing lines on a black, you know how you used to get the punishment school for writing lines on the blackboard. And it says, I will not make bad art over and over again. And she's just standing in front of it with, with her arms crossed and the sourest look on her face. Mm. And she clearly does not want to be there. Mm. And everyone thought it was hilarious. So they took a photo. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. She was just basically said that's rubbish. 
that's and then she saw that she was like this is the most appalling piece of art i have ever seen it is so appalling like the 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 mm. the, what is it? the meta irony of it was just overwhelmingly horrible but that i guess yeah. that, was the, that was the point yes it was the point that's the annoying thing about it is that it's yeah mm. and mm. yeah <laughs> My, I mean, the main thing about contemporary art, and I'm sort of someone who studied art and art history, and how, um, I've, you know, art, you know, art conveys, um, you know, how you can use art in history to sort of get get a greater understanding of the history and the culture and what people were thinking and feeling at the time. And my major problem with contemporary art is with art as we have it today is that it is divorced from any kind of purpose other than someone saying, "I feel like splattering my feelings on a canvas." I think that's in part because, in defense of contemporary art, I think that's in part because because art theory, you can correct me on this, but art theory has come to a point where it doesn't know what it is. Yeah, there's um, just... Where yeah. Any, any attempt to try and define... And this has been a problem with, with aesthetics, is any attempt to try and define what is beautiful comes to a... seems to come to a dead end at least in the modern in the modern context so you have people like say hume um david hume who sort of comes to this thing of like trying to be like oh what what defines what a good what good art is well good art is defined by a person uh who has good taste well what does that even mean and like there's sort of like this we don't actually know what good art looks like and so i guess art art theory contempt like contemporary art theory postmodern art, post art theory all you kind of have left is this cynicism about itself or or politics really one of the two um where you're just trying to make a point or make like make a political point or make no point at all um I'm possibly wrong with that. I'm sort of only thinking. I mean, on the look, spot here's here, a, here's here's the thing though. You, I have seen some beautiful examples of contemporary art, but the big thi- the big, the major difference is between what you see with those, with you know, examples of that contemporary art versus what you see in the museum. You know, what you see in a contemporary art museum is that the things that I find truly beautiful that is modern in the sense that it has been made very recently is that they're a purpose. They're a monument. They're a you know so for example there's re- there was recently uh, there was recently erected a statue of Nike, um, the goddess of victory, um, to replace a to replace one that was um, in Marrickville. Okay. Uh, Marrickville Council. You should go look it up. It's actually quite um, it's actually quite beautiful. Contemporarily made, very very contemporary. A really unusual depiction of Nike. Um, as the goddess of victory, really, really unusual depiction of her. Very and very thoroughly modern, but still, I think actually quite beautiful. There's a big difference between that and seeing someone, you know, seeing a human figure wrapped in bubble wrap and saying this is all about the fragility of life. I'm like, well, yeah, I have to amend. I have to amend something I, I said before because I'm just thinking about it at the moment. Um, that Kant, Immanuel Kant, said that um, that beauty or art should be an end in it an end in itself like it should, it should be purposeful yeah. purposeless purposefulness yeah it's like a human being it should be it should be beauty should be pursued it for be its explained. own sake and it and should be exploited a, the that's actually a really then, important thing you shouldn't have to explain why it's beautiful but but the, the problem the problem is is that contemporary aesthetics has been a rebellion against Kant 
in yes. that saying, no, 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 no. There should be a purpose to art and we're going to make it political, like, for example, political purpose. And mm. so I think that's possible. So I sort of just add that as an amendment to what I said before about art either has no point or a political point or, or something like that. I think it, it just comes from that, I guess I'm possibly wrong on this again, but this general postmodern feeling of... Blah. Of, of dissonance <laughs> and fragmentation. Um, not abs- having any clue. And so we're just working with what we've got. But in terms of his idea of fun, um, with, with Roger Scruton's idea of fun, he's sort of talking about this kind of... Yeah, this, this kind of like... That there's no... There's no beauty to it, that there's a cynicism about what beauty is, that they kind of see beauty in the same way that moderns see chastity as this kind of quaint old thing that was over there that really doesn't mean anything to the tough modern human being. Um, And so, you know, it's like this, all that you sort of have is kind of like these attempts to be clever, you know, and it loses itself. And so what Roger Scruton then goes on to talk about is that if you go to the Tate Modern or to, as, as Chiara has recommended, and I have added a caution to it, <laughs> to a contemporary art museum, um, that you go there to see what is missing from the contemporary art museum, <laughs> and that is beauty. And so he talks about that, you know, flowers and just, you know, looking up at the sky at night and things like that are what's beautiful. Uh, and so that's our very long summary with many tangents there of what Roger Scruton's saying. But I think um, I, I think it's impo- It's interesting how he brings up these three seemingly very different points, which is that pleasure is different from happiness, that celebrity, that the celebrity culture is the kind of end of our pleasure culture, and that fun is very... Or I don't like using the word fun because it sounds like I'm bagging out having fun, but... This kind of fun that he's speaking about, mm. this kind of cynical postmodern fun, um, is very different from beauty, from appreciation. You know, mm. um, I don't know if you sort of know what I'm talking about there, but mm. well, he is- also talks about the, and I think he's got a point here is that postmod. One of the big things that modernism and postmodernism has done, deconstructionism as well, I think is particularly key here. It's, um, is the desacralization of everything, including na- he including uses- yeah, including mm. na- including nature, and that's why th- that's why modern art sucks. Because in my personal, this is why, another reason why modern art sucks is because there's no appreciation for that. that you, there's nothing within modern art that actually says, "Wow, this is something beautiful." Let me show you why this is beautiful. There is, um, you know. No matter what, no matter what medium or language or visual language you use to show that, whether you do a Renaissance pictorial or you know this abstract, you know mesh of colors, if you, the object, if the object of it is to show someone beauty, then you know it doesn't matter how you do it because it'll always be different in every era and every time period and according to what you know you have on hand, but. If your object is just to make a cynical joke over something that you see, that's pro- that's actually <laughs> a really good definition of the kind of fun that he's talking about there. Cynical joke. Yes. I think that probably. Yeah. And I'm for- I mean, I love sarcasm as much as the next as much as the next person. But if all you have is sarcasm, it's a pretty 
you know, sarcasm is it only could be defined. I'm just trying to think of the right term. When people talk about the defining characteristics of postmodern, no, sorry, modern, no, 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 postmodernism, they use the word in literature and analysis, the word play. That might be the right word. And I don't mean play as in like um, what, children, Aris- you know, how children I don't mean spin that around until they're play, dizzy and they fall now over. Now that you're talking about it, that's the word that gets used. I'm okay, thinking. interesting. Mm. Interesting. See, I'm not- I'm not a hundred percent. I'm not a hundred percent sure. It's really one of those things you can only sort of understand if you. And I don't mean to be uncharitable, but I'm I'm concerned that like my lack of charity in my head is coming out here. But um, in the sense that if you do go to a contemporary art museum and you kind of just get, you know, the show Daria. Like Daria is <laughs> funny, but if your whole life was Daria, like oh man, that would be terrible. I know. Or if your whole life was Archer, I don't know if anyone's seen Archer. No. Okay. Terrible, terrible show. Hilarious. Rips off all the like spy um, Mm. espionage type shows slash movies. Yeah, not suitable for children. It's a cartoon. Not suitable for children at all. Um, But yeah, just literally the entire episode. I can only watch like I can only watch it in particular moods because. It's just actually quite depressing. And they are very self-aware. Like, the writers of it are very self-aware and they do acknowledge that all their characters, you know, can't make good deci- are, you know, can't make good decisions about life and have, like, you know, just do whatever seems like the best thing to do at the time mm. um, or, the, or the funnest thing to do at the time. So mm. it's, um, yeah, um, yeah, it's exactly, it's exactly like... Modern art is, you know, very much like Archer. Self-aware but with nothing no way to actually dig themselves out of the hole that they've dug, what if I, that makes sense. Yeah, what I think it is is that in a modern um, gallery, art gallery, if you can call it art, I'm... Just call I, it art. Just call it art. I'm sure, I'm sure art, art can, and beauty are two pref- separate things. Just I'd call pref- it art. Yeah, I'd prefer another word, but um, that's the word we'll use. You need to... Um, you need to use your head. You need to use your brain. And that's not a yes. terrible thing. Victoria's not here saying, you know... Live with your heart. Don't don't use your brain at all. That's not the case. But what it is is that you walk in front of an art uh, piece of artwork, um, uh, quotation marks artwork, and you look at it and you're like, I'm not quite sure what's going on here. I'm sensing a bit of rage or disconnection or maybe loss or maybe whatever it is. But you're not quite sure what's going on until you read it and it says this was about the. Um, I the, was feeling the- like this at the time and I expressed it on a canvas. I have something to say about that later, yeah. but. You look to the canvas and it will say, this was about the Boer War and this particular battle and blah, 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 blah. And you're like, oh, I can't really tell that from, the, from, the, from this artwork. Whereas if you go to, for instance, the New South Wales Art Gallery, which is beautiful and I love it and it's free, please go. Um, you might not particularly know what's going on, like what Greek myth this is, but you can look at it. And, and you, you can, can say, tell what the story is. This is about unrequited love. This is about passion. This is about anger. You feel very tied down and lethargic. Not lethargic, but just drained when you go through an art, uh, contemporary art gallery. I've been to the one in Sydney on at yeah, Circular yeah, Quay yeah. many, many times uh, for an excursion and just because it was free once. And you walk around and, yes, there are lots of political statements and some of them... Some of them actually are quite beautiful. If, like maybe yeah, a very no, small. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. I'll come but, to a but, sort of But I would, moment, I but. would posit that they are taken less seriously. The ones that are quite beautiful. It's the really edgy kind of oh, angry edgy, ones that are that are groundbreaking. That, that are you know look um, what we've done with what, what are those words that media, people use mixed when media, well those sort of things. And it's something that when you walk out, you're like, wow, that was yeah, that used my brain a bit and. 
but I'm not feeling uplifted. I'm not, you know, reveling in what it is to be human in nature. Yeah, it's not, a, sort of it's not a visual feast of the eyes. No, you and you don't get... And, and be... that's, I just don't think art's meant to, meant to do that to you. Now, on the other hand, I went to the... Okay, so there's the Tate Modern and there's the Tate Portrait Gallery. Mm. And there's also... I think there's another one. Point is, I went to all the um, all the art galleries in England when I was over there and uh, a few years ago, and um, I was walking around, not the Tate Modern, one of the other two. Maybe there's one. Oh, this is this is so embarrassing. Um, <laughs> the Tate Not Modern. The Tate Not Modern. <laughs> um, and I was just walking around, taking in everything, spending many many hours looking around, and I, I happened to walk into this one room. And I turned around because it was circular to see what was on the wall that my back was facing when I walked in. And um, and I let out this huge, audible gasp. And people all turned around because they thought I'd broken something or were, was assaulted Touched or something. something. Yep. And what it was, was for the first time in my life, I got to see the, em- the embarkation of the Queen of Sheba by Claude Lorraine, which I'd seen many times on a computer screen. Yeah. Um... And I, I had fallen in love with it. And I got to see it as big as a very, as like, I'm trying to think of what it would be like. A very small billboard um, on a wall. And that's the response art's meant to have. That, I, I stood mouth agape there for about four minutes, which is a long time. And then I went to other things and then I came back. Hmm. That's art. That's, that's fantastic. I think the the perhaps... Sort of, as I say, the a, a minor defense of contemporary art is insofar as some contemporary art is reflective of of the banality of of the contemporary world. And a, an example I give of this is from a slightly unexpected realm, and that is not in a realm that would normally be considered art. You won't find this as an art museum, although many people would consider it to be art. Um, and that is Radiohead's album Kid A, um, <laughs> which I may, which I may have mentioned on this show before. But in that in that album, I'll just very very quickly summarise that I think that, that that album it's quite fascinating about how it. I mean, if any popular artist these days is going to be considered art, it would be Radiohead, um, and they very much I think summarise this kind of discontented feeling with the postmodern world. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But the music is very, very reflective and puts you into, I think, a space of discontent with with current, like, with, with the current world, with the kind of computery sort of um, marketing, uh, this, this the kind of society, technologically industry-driven society that we currently live in. And I think that modern art can be good insofar as it's reflective of that. In the same way that that tragedy is not necessarily beautiful in a typical sense, but it is. it does evoke a kind of sense of beauty in you mm. in that it's relatable. And I think that modern art can be good insofar as it's tragic, insofar as it's aware that, can, that the contemporary condition of the world is not necessarily a good one. Um, but sort of bringing that back to, to Roger Scruton is that I guess perhaps um, this is kind of the end of pleasure. This is the end of pleasure. In a world where pleasure is only is your only mode of happiness, even though it's not happiness, but in the world where pleasure is the only mode of... Um, where you've painted out what truly is happiness, um, or you, you think you've rendered irrelevant um, notions that were typically 
be considered things to do with happiness, like truth, goodness, and beauty. Um, all you're left with is this kind of pl- boring pleasure. Blah. blah. That's a gr- Blah is a fantastic word. It's this kind of like grasping at you've, you've completely fenced off, turned off the lights to anything that be- could, be, could lead you to happiness because you've become skeptical of all of it. And so all you're left with is this darkness where you just simply grab at anything. You know, all you've got left is pleasure. So you just grab at whatever pleasure you possibly can, you know, and that is the highest good that you have, um, which is awfully sad. So bring back happiness, you know, bring back beauty, bring back this... Eudaimonia, um, dare I say it? Eudaimonia, that's exactly right. Apparently um, there's a... There's, that's not the correct way to say it, but I'm just no. trying to remember how, the, how you say it correctly. You oh, say really eudaimonia or something like that. That's okay. That's a that's a great place to um, <laughs> to conclude. Okay, so maybe. parting comments. A part, parting comments. I think we spent a lot longer there talking about art than I thought, but it really does show that we it's all have we're passionate about art. About yes. art. Um, <laughs> it's a human thing to be passionate about art. It is. It we're all is, moved well, by is. beauty. We all have things to say about it because and we're, we're also profoundly disappointed when we have something in front of us that is clearly neither. And um, funnily <laughs> enough. Talking about art was something that philosophy did not really do until the modern period. Isn't that interesting? That's it's interesting. Well, well obviously they I thought it was a no-brainer. Aristotle kind of talked about it. Well, he, ta- he talks. He talks about poetry, um, but in terms of like the way that we're talking about art right now, art theory and things like that, and I think that that does have a little bit to do with. And this will be, I think, my final comment. It does have a little bit to do with the fact that art has been removed from culture. Mm, we could have whole. We like, could have a really long conversation. Basically, about Luke's that, referring to this phenomenon where um, art used to be within people's homes um, on altar, it was like decoration. on altar pieces. It would. It was the color of the world. Yes, and you would breathe it in in your environments in these these natural spaces that it that it would eventuate wherever it was. Um, and now we've extracted that and placed it on a wall to be appreciated. But and but it's, it's not, but, but it's, not by it's everyone. Just, but it's just on a wall. And perhaps this has a connection with the happiness pleasure distinction. Um, that art is painted has been for a gallery from happiness. The whole, I guess, and and placed into the realm of pleasure. Perhaps I'm not sure. That's probably not a hundred percent accurate because I mean, the 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 contemporary idea of art is certainly not something that that people like. Hume, like Kant, like even um, Nietzsche and Schopenhauer, um, all of them. Even that's right up until until the until pretty much the the turn of the twentieth century. All of them did have an idea of of art, probably not in the same way, the kind of cynical, fun kind of way that we do now. They kind of did see it, perhaps a little bit different. Nonetheless, I do think that perhaps this removal of art from the realm of happiness to the realm of pleasure. Um, perhaps has contributed to the state of art that we have today. Hmm. That's me done. Okay. All right. My parting comment will be if you want to um, delve more into these these things that we've talked about, especially through um, through the viewpoint of Roger Scruton, I would really recommend watching the documentary um, on the BBC called Why Beauty Matters, whereby he goes basically addresses art and beauty and all those things in um, our culture and times gone by and uh, make some comments. There you go. Make some comments. Um, Parting shot, go to an art gallery.
I think. Um, it's worth do- even if you're not particularly interested in art or don't know much about it, um, even if you're not, you know, even if, you know, it's, it's not the typical thing you would do, do it for an afternoon. You don't have to see every single, you know, don't make a point to go see every single thing, but just, you know, pick a room in an art gallery and spend some time looking at it unless it's a modern art gallery in which case spend it don't spend so much time there you'll just get depressed but no go to a good art gallery like um like the state galleries or the national gallery or stuff that has a variety of collections not just contemporary the the fantastic thing about sydney is that you can go to the museum of contemporary art and look the museum of contemporary art's not that bad but no it does have some gems in there museum of contemporary art then you can walk around circular key into the domain. You can go to the Botanical Gardens, which is natural beauty, and the Art Gallery of New South Wales. And then stroll up to the cathedral, the last neo-Gothic cathedral Absolutely. in the Southern Hemisphere, and enjoy the beauty of Mass. Is St. Mary's Cathedral the last neo-Gothic cathedral in the mm-hmm. Southern Hemisphere? Of that era. And of the only era. one made out of that particular sandstone because it's sourced from Sydney. Yeah, the Plymouth, yeah, the Sydney Plymouth sandstone, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. There you go. There you go. We all learned something. Well, I mean, I learned something today. Um, it's good to be a Sydney cider sometimes. It is. It is. Love it. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I feel like we've just lost all our Melbourne listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Melbourne's got some good things too. Melbourne has some fantastic. We just things. don't know, fact, so Melbourne's we can't vouch for them. Artsy, so I'm sure they have very nice art as well. Yeah, but we can't. <laughs> we, we have no idea. We don't live there. So, if you're from Melbourne, comment and tell everybody. Yes. So. <laughs> So, yes, so uh, we're not sure what we're doing in our next episode. I mean, I have an idea, but, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, it might, it'll probably be something a little bit... My, my thought is that it should be something a little bit political, given that we're... Um, but not too political, because, you know, I don't want to get into trouble. Um, <laughs> what, has the, that, what has that been a consideration with what we read, Luke? Um, <laughs> will this get us into trouble? We'll read the Communist <laughs> Manifesto <laughs> again. Um, <laughs> No, no, that's boring. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, We've already subjected you it'll to be, that. It'll be the Australian election oh. um, that week. To think we- about who I'm going to vote for. Oh, yeah, it's, it's so really, hard. It's anyway, well, we shouldn't blabber on about who we're going to vote for. That's not a good thing to do. No, we, we won't. We won't do that because I don't want to get Cradio into trouble because we shouldn't be doing that. Um, but nonetheless, we might read something political. Maybe. But in any case, whatever we read, we will see you next time on the next episode of Catholics Read. Bye. 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 That was an episode of Catholics Read from cradio.org.au.